And so every one of these shepherds of the church that dared to lock their church disobeyed almighty God directly and have no standing moral or otherwise to tell us that we're being disobedient. They led the way in a way I couldn't even imagine. Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And as you can see, our guest tonight returning after quite some time is Father James Altman. Good to have him back on. Of course, before we get started, and we've got an amazing show, as you can tell by the title, Are We Past the Point of No Return? So we're going to break that down. And this is going to be a wild ride, I'm sure. But of course, we want to begin every wild ride we go on with prayer. So Father Heilman, I turn that over to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. And again, we want to thank you all for being with us in this episode. And I want to thank all of you out there who have been supporting and praying for us and commenting, encouraging us. Things are really ramping up in our world. We all know that. We can see that. The time we record this, we've got this war raging in Ukraine. Uh, All the strange sort of things that are happening in the world on different levels. This is only going to increase, it looks like, and we want you to be as prepared as possible for all of this. So we want to thank you all for your support and encouragement. Thank you, especially those out there who are supporting us financially through the Patreon program. If you're inclined so much to want to help us out, please click the link in the description below. We are so grateful and we appreciate so much your support and your help. Also, don't forget to go out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page. Check out the amazing t-shirts that we have. Also help support what we do and get some message out to the world. I kneel for God alone. The dogma lives loudly within me. All these great voices and statements that we want to say to the world. We are Catholics. We are are faithful to God, and we need to fight this fight by really crying out that truth. So please check out U.S. Grace Force gear page. This is going to be, I think, a heck of an episode. We just spent quite a bit of time getting ready for this episode, trying to figure out what direction to go with this. It's great to have Father Altman back on. And look at the title, everyone. Are we past the point of no return? Clearly, there's a lot happening in the world that's really shaking us to the core. We all know this. We sit in the pews at Mass. We know the gas prices are going up. We know there's a war that's breaking out. We hear talk of World War III. It's it's a phenomenal time. And I know, Father Heilman, you and I always try to bring a relevant message to our audience. We want to help people, encourage them. We don't want people to think doom and gloom. Um, but we want the reality of what's going on and we want to speak clearly to what's going on. And Father Altman, of course, is always a great voice for that. So Father Heilman, I'll let you uh, bring your good friend because you two are good friends and you go back many, many moons. Yeah, it, I, I'm so glad we're, we decided to have you back on, Father. Yeah, thank and you. you are my good friend. I know we've been friends for years and especially we, we you know, we, we, we didn't get a lot of time together over the years, but uh we picked up our friendship in the last few years, and um, I, I, I want to I want to bring you in in a little different way. And 
Uh, I hope you guys can bear with me on this, but earlier today I was, uh, I get these uh, reflections ready for 90 days to peace that we're doing. And, uh, and so what we're doing in the first 40 days is we're taking the reflections from the book you and I and Father Peckman, mm. Peckman wrote together, Father, uh, Let Freedom Ring. And I uh, got to one that's going to probably go up, I think, next Tuesday, if I'm right. But it's day 20. And it's something I wrote. And it's about uh, trusting in God's divine providence. And I just want to share a, a, a bit of that for you as a way to bring them in. Because uh, I, I thought it was providential that I, I got to reread this on the day that we're having you here. And you'll see why in a second. So uh, I'm going to read this to you. Recently, in the past few years, I lost four priests who were near and dear to me. My uncle, godfather, the inspiration of my priesthood, uh, my spiritual director, my bishop, and my best friend. These four priests were more than just brothers in Christ. They were my lifeblood. During the many challenges of life, especially those unique to priesthood, these men were kindred spirits to me. Not only did we recognize together the mo or the method of operation of satan in today's world but we were all in agreement as to the ways god was calling all of us especially priests to engage a counter in uh offensive against the tactics of the the devil by and large we all knew it was incumbent upon us to do all that we could to speak the truth openly and honestly and to but to do so with most loving way possible the devil is trying to devour the faithful with his lies, and we all know it. And we were all passionate about calling the devil out and leading the faithful to truth. And more than anything, as shepherds, we all knew we were called, especially during uh, the time we now live, to do all that we could to assist the flock in coming to the place where they cry out, my Lord and my God. Of course, the devil hates more than anything truth and reverence. Therefore, Satan works especially hard to destroy anyone who dares to thwart the devil's plan to mislead and confuse souls as he works diligent, diligently to deaden the hearts of the faithful. If we get in his way, he will get busy to take us out. In many respects, this is the reason religious leaders recoil in their call to administer truth and reverence. They come to understand just how vicious the devil can be if we dare go there. I recall when Bishop Morlino first arrived in our diocese with his passion for truth and reverence. The assaults on him, especially from those who held the levers of power and influence, were ferociously vicious. They did not de uh, that, this did not deter this courageous bishop in any way. During this time, or whenever the attacks were turned on me, we stuck together in brotherly love. So many times I've been tempted to lose trust in God's providence. I mean, here I am, alone on the battlefield, I felt. My four closest battle buddies are no longer here. Not only did I, do I miss them, but I feel like I could now be easy pickings for the devil to swoop in and take me out without the security of knowing my battle buddies are right there, ready to, in essence, call out, I got your six, or I got your back. I needed to share that because... I'm your battle buddy, Father. Thanks. And I, I got your six. And I know you I, do. I, 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 I'll take a bullet for you. And I think it's totally that, That's why you're holier than me. 
<laughs> Hardly. <laughs> I'm blabbering about how holy you are to everyone I meet. Oh my gosh. But anyways, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm choking back tears literally um, because I appreciate you so much. And I think it's totally unjust what's going on with you and with the quote-unquote canceled priests. And in my estimation, as I look on this, their high crime is truth and reverence. Their high crimes, I should say, are truth and reverence. Uh, you, you don't dare speak anything that will get evil upset because that's divisive. And you don't dare offer anything in a reverent way, the mass, because that's divisive. Um, and so we're left in a church of lukewarm right now, where, where, where the, the feeling is, is that the only way that we'll be united is to be lukewarm together. And we know in the book of Revelations, it said, uh, I wish you were hot or cold, because you're lukewarm, I spit you, vomit you out of my mouth is... Some transmitted. That's a pretty yeah. strong word. Yeah. So it it's is. just that such a horror unto God. Yeah. The lukewarm, more than hot and, and even cold. Because cold at least says, you know, there's a chance that, that this they're gonna have the prodigal son pig pen moment, right? Where you're gonna or you're gonna get so low that you're gonna you're gonna say, I can't do this anymore, I can come back. But lukewarm is a place where you can justify just about anything. You know, that's that moral relativism yeah. where you know I I don't have to prove my love to God by going to church or avoiding sin or anything. Um, you know what I mean? But, but that's what's going on right now. And I am fed up as much as a person could be fed up. And, and I, I got your six yeah, and I, I don't care what retribution may come because I have my best friend on this podcast today. And I'm saying I got your six. And, and um, Father, thank you so much for your courage. Uh, you know now how loved you are because you're on a flight every five minutes because everybody wants to hear from you and, and see you. Um, and, uh, and, and they appreciate you, your, your courage. Because more than anything else right now, we need courage. And we're seeing just effeminate wimps right now in uh, our spiritual leadership and and they're the same ones that are crucifying chastising anybody that speaks the truth with love or, or offers reverence so father i i blabbed on quite a bit there but i i wanted to frame things appropriately as we got started and also again to say how much i appreciate you and i know everybody looking on greatly appreciates you i mean loves you uh, because of your courage and your holiness, but Father, how are you doing now? Can you tell us how you're yeah. how you're doing? And and because uh, I think everybody's curious. Right. Uh, if I could just say, as a preface to all that, so you used the courage word again, and uh, something that I think you have and done, and because I've seen him in action with his family and with my parish family, uh, I think five different occasions that everything you say is not founded so much in courage, but something far greater than that. And that is love. Because it's that love that gives you courage to give up your own life, no matter what. Uh, because you love uh, people behind you. 
uh, you will take the bullet for them. And uh, so I don't look at, uh, okay, when I, what's really funny is it, you see my picture and there's, <laughs> there's Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at, he, he just heard my, say his name and he, you know. <laughs> um, the people, wherever I go, talk about me saying, dear family, and thousands of letters, I'll say that we feel like we are your dear family. Well, you don't get to be a dear family unless you love. Right. And uh, in that love, if how could I not say the undeniable truth is Bishop Callahan said in his press release that I speak the undeniable truth. So it's not so much courage, but but it's it's just love. And uh, is there is there another way? And uh, there is no, that is the way. God is love, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Well, that's love. Uh, Jim Caviezel, right. out in, when I was with him out in Kansas here just recently uh, at two Right to Life talks in Kansas City, Wichita, I think that the title of his uh, presentation was The Foundation of All Life is Love. Okay. And he gave the most profound uh, presentation on that, on that issue. Uh, how it plays out if love guides your every move. And so you don't, with perfect, in fact, St. John said this, right? It's, it's in, uh, I think it's in his first letter. Uh, perfect love drives out all fear. Yep. I think that's the verse. And so, so I can't say courageous, but I hope that when all is said and done, no matter my shortcomings, my sinfulness, no matter what, I hope that that would be the one thing that people would say about me that that he loved, and uh, and I see that uh, wherever I go, that so many everywhere I go come up and just want to be present in that love. Yep. And when uh, if I had a criticism of the out of touch Episcopacy. It said, the people don't think you love them. Well, how could they? You lock them out of the church. They know, the, the truly faithful, not the, the weak of faith, well, what do they know, I guess? It's through their own fault because they've chosen not to grow. Seek and find, as Jesus promised, if you seek, you will find. So they haven't sought. But the people who truly were seeking were being locked out of the churches. And they did not find that their bishops loved them. And, right. and that's a blow to, like I've, I've said, you've heard me say it. I say, oh, Bishop, why is anybody listening to me? Yeah, like you, Father, we're one of 37,500 roughly priests. Uh, mm -hmm. You're on a podcast because you exude love. And, and people watch. And the one priest's name that they say, wherever I go, is always you. Yeah. Because they know that you love because that's what comes out. Well, Father, mm -hmm. I need to interject real quick because yeah. um, you said it far better than I could. I, I went to courage and you're exactly right. It's love. And I've seen it. People, people want to get near you because they know how much you love them. And, and I, I've also, I've had people from my parish. I got to go up and see Father Altman and meet him. And they, they want to shake your hand. Well, that, all of a sudden you're taking them out to breakfast. You know, that's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> that, that has happened more times than I have. <laughs> but yeah. I, but it's I, I, and 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 I always say, and I know we're blabbing on about 
each other. But I, 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 always, say- I always say, I always say, you got to meet them, and and because um, you're not going to believe uh, such a holy and loving man when you first meet him. So, anyways, I'm sorry, Doug. No, go ahead. I, I just want to throw this in there. I'm just waiting for someone to come up to me and say, "Hey, you're Doug Barry, right? Yeah, you know Father Altman, right? I do. Can I take you to lunch?" Because you know Father Altman? So far, that hasn't happened. We're aiming for it. (laughs) But Father Altman, what is kind of the status? Uh, People are wondering, where are you? What can you say about what your circumstances are? What are you allowed to do? Are you hiding somewhere in northern Alaska, I hear, near Barrow, um, on the frozen tundra, away from the enemies of truth, or something like that? Yeah. So what you just did is you started the rumor that I'm surprised I haven't heard yet. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, hear that all I'm a Putin lover, and I'm in collaboration with Putin, and that I'm also to blame for <laughs> oh, the no, that's going on the internet. So, <laughs> Russian propaganda. Russia, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm a traitor, and I should be shot. That's what. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, they would say that too because they're, they're shamed in their. Evil. They are. Um. Oh. So, so when I was, as people know, when I was. Uh, forced out of the rectory, I had to find immediately a place to live and to bring my parents who have, who took, my mother just cooked dinner and she takes good care of me so I can go out and do what I do. God has allowed that to continue because they're getting older now and one day he's going to call them home and in a, in a way, I, I mean, I'm obviously going to be devastated, but uh, I hope they don't, I hope he calls them out before it all hits the fan, which is coming soon. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm here in central Wisconsin and, uh, I said before, I'll say it again and, and I'll say it in very plain terms, the Germans were obedient to their officers and Hitler when they went out and did some terrible things. You don't have to be obedient as St. Maximilian Colby says, that's very, that the minute that a bishop enters into error, even in the slightest, you no longer have to obey that. So obedience is not just some, and here's, I'm going to do this, by the way, this is coming up. Here's a little preview. Uh, it just came to me uh, yesterday that they've weaponized the word obedience and they've made it something that it is not. And uh, I, we are not indentured servants. We are not slaves. We are, all a bishop is supposed to do by virtue of his consecration is to lead them in faith and morals, in dogmatic truth. Not say, I have to wear a rainbow stole or I have to wear, or whatever. I mean, I pick something stupid, right? And that is not what obedience is. Obedience means you're doing something in line with the church's teaching and that's what you obey. So, um, well, and, and I just want to interject because I'm glad you brought that up because I know some of the, the comments that were floating around out there when all this was just really getting rolling with you was, well, he just needs to be obedient. He do exactly and everything that his bishop says, regardless yeah. of... What kind of moronic know, attitude is that? What kind of not thinking with your own brain is right, that? Right. Almighty God does not want us to be a bunch of robots. That is not Catholic. It is not Christian. And people got to use the brains God gave them and quit saying something so stupid as that. It's the rule of a the lot. They, they, they have a lot to say about a lot of things they know nothing about. And I'm sick and tired of listening. There. I, I can't imagine how angry you are, Father. And I know if I was in your place, I'd be just as angry. Oh, God. It is totally unjust. 
And I look at what happened is I recall earlier in my priesthood that, okay, you want to, you want to follow the Bishop, but there was a fraternity. We were brothers with the Bishop, right? As and now we are slaves. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that about my own Bishop, but the, but the, you, I, I'm saying it more generally, you, you better that there, not there's an, that almost like an abuse of priests yeah. and you will sit down and you will shut up and you will obey. And where, where did the fraternity go? You know, that, yeah, that we exactly. were brothers and let's talk this through. And exactly. that's, that's what we did before. If, right. if, if we made a mistake or something and the Bishop wanted to talk about it, it was, it was like two brothers, you know, let's go out and have a, a brandy or something and talk. It was more like that, but this is a tyranny. This is a demonic, diabolical yes. tyranny that's gotten in everywhere, but it's gotten into our church. And and you and these other canceled priests are victims of, of this new way that wasn't in, in the church. We yeah. were brothers, uh, not yeah. we weren't tyrants and slaves. Right. Yeah. So, so when it comes to that, when somebody now says something uh, intemperately to me on that issue about obedience, I'd say, oh, are we going to talk about obedience? Well, let's, let's talk about obedience. I, this is what it says in the right of a consecration of a priest to being a bishop. Just like we have in the right of ordination, that we are supposed to do A, B, C, and D, and E, and F, and G, right? Now let's examine what it says in the bishop's consecration. And now let's say, what did they do in the fearedemic? Maybe the, you can give them a two-week free pass for, to, to, what was it called? Level the curve? Is that, what is that called? Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten yeah. the curve. So I'll give you a two-week free pass. You don't deserve it because you know what? I don't care if it's the Ebola raging. All the more reason to leave the church doors open. Because we, we have one job to do. The supreme law of the church is salvation of souls. So they do not get a two-week free pass. I don't care if it's the Ebola. Let the people who want to come, come to make sure their soul is in a state of grace. Right. So we want to talk about obedience. My talk out in Cleveland was all about we must obey God rather than man. That is the supreme law stated by Peter to the Sanhedrin, who were the episcopacy of his day, right? They were the, the hierarchy of his day. And what did he say to them when they said, quit preaching in the name of Jesus? He said, we must obey God rather than men. And so every one of these shepherds of the church that dared to lock their church disobeyed Almighty God directly and have no standing, moral or otherwise, to tell us that we're being disobedient. Yeah. They led the way in a way I couldn't even imagine. They are the disobedient ones. Yeah. So I, I, the next time somebody to... says, "Oh, I'm being disobedient," you don't have a, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah. And they Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone earlier today, and I was talking about this because I it was it was on my mind because I knew it was coming. But I, I just I, I don't know. Frustrated is the word. Certainly, uh, there's a level of anger, and uh, yeah. But but to watch what's gone on in now my 34 years of priesthood the pass or the silence on such things as you know gay priests and and things like that mm -hmm. or pedophiles and 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 virtually nothing done in a lot of cases but if you speak against uh the tyranny that's going on in our culture and how that's abusing the ones that we love 
you know, you, you nailed it earlier in the podcast. This is about love. And, and if you really love someone, you can't sit by, you know, with your, like your cell phone filming someone getting devoured. You got to get in there and you got to fight and you got to, you, you got to do what you can to, to stop that. And that's what love is. Uh, but, but, you know, it, uh, here's the scripture passage that popped into my mind. Who, what shepherd wouldn't go after the one sheep and leave the 99? Right. It, it, what is it saying? You're not just a write-off. And that's what I'm feeling like, Father, these days. That 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 we can just write off, we can write off this person, or we can write off these people and, and just allow them to be uh manipulated, uh indoctrinated, uh to be to 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 set up that here's the new normal that is a complete horror unto God while we sit by and say nothing because we don't want to be divisive. You know, we don't want or the next one cancel. What? Or the next one cancel. Well, that, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but, but from our superiors, don't do that because you're being divisive. But yeah, the, then, then, you know, I, I, I can't count the people that I've talked to priests where they would love to like add more reverence to the mass or something like that. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, uh, promote uh, receiving on the tongue or kneeling or something like that. They won't because they yeah. will just be scorned for that. Yeah. But go ahead and have a gay lover and they'll just turn the other yeah. way. You know, I, I, it's, it's a horror. It's yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, Father, do you, do, you, do you see this, carry this over into what's happening in the, in the larger picture even in the secular world with regards to the lack of courage and this fear of breaking rank with some sort of some some mythological idea of obedience with our we, we got to be careful with wording because we're living in a time where if we say the wrong thing on a podcast they're going to take the podcast down they're going to go after you but we know that there have been uh issues over the last couple of years and people very well-respected doctors, physicians, you name it, across the board who have come out and said, hey, wait a minute, we have questions about this. This doesn't look quite right. Oh, you're evil. You're bad. Okay. Yeah. And when it comes to medical issues, boy, people have been ripped apart over that. Now we're in a position where with this war going on in the Ukraine, if you say something the wrong way, oh, you're siding with, with Putin now, or you're a Russian propagandist. You're going along with... It's, it's no matter what, there's this constant push on every level, it seems to, to beat you to the point where you must stay in line, stay in the ranks. Right, right. So Father Altman, your comment or your take on how this has really reached so many different levels. I mean, look, we don't even know what's going on in Ukraine. We can't even tell sometimes. The propaganda is back and forth. So, so, just, about yeah, this go propaganda, ahead, go ahead. right? Two things. Yeah. One, it was CNN, I think, or MSNBC. It was one of those other networks. And uh, they were trying to give propaganda to, to uh, manipulate the American people. And they said, look at how bad, bad rush is. And then they showed this attack on civilians and stuff. Well, lo and behold, it was a 15-year-old video from when the Palestinians were, were yeah. fighting rockets or something into Israel. Yeah, yeah. So this is watch. People listening, you need to understand something. This is knowing, willful manipulation, lying, which is the Eighth Commandment, right? There are 10, 
This is absolute knowing and intentional manipulation through propaganda. That's what they did. And then there was this, uh, allegedly this, this attack on a hospital. Well, it turns out it was like, if I understand correctly, a closed hospital. There was no patients in there, but the media, the left-wing propagandists said, see, oh, look at now they're attacking this, this hospital and hurting people there. When in fact, it pretty much was empty and abandoned. So again, it's filthy. These people are filthy liars. And, and, and you better understand that. When you turn that channel on, say to yourself, they're filthy liars, because they are. And so you have they to say- They are filthy liars. And I agree are. with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And again, what are you doing right now is you are helping us all understand what's really true instead of the the propaganda the the, the lies that we get uh, minute by minute every day right. and you know, yeah. we we need more people that are willing to say no that's not the truth you know the, the, you you got to understand here's the truth over here and yet the spiritual leaders will crucify anybody that dares question yeah. the lying propaganda Right. It's it's I'm 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 shocked. I'm stumped. I, I'm I'm angry. Yeah. Uh, I'm fed up with this. And but Father, please go on. You know, help us understand. You know, here we are in this moment in time, yeah. and uh, it's you know it's been this two years of this thing. Okay, uh, and then now here we are with <laughs> with very cleverly can we, put. Can we say the U word? Uh, is that okay? Yeah. The UK word, word? Ukraine. Oh, yeah. I said it outside. I think we're okay so far. We're okay, okay with good. that one. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, but here we are with that going on, and the push for a World War Three. Um, you know, uh, uh, do you feel like we are nearing like an end time or a corrective period? Oh, or what's your nearing. what's your take? Are, we got nine toes over the precipice right now. Yeah, and they're greasing this. They're throwing grease on our feet. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, here they are. They are openly and boldly. They used to be in the shadows. They were moving right. around and doing everything. Now they're just openly saying they're it. They're arrogant. Yeah, they're arrogant. It, but then Satan is, isn't he? That's pride. Right. By arrogance, you know. Uh, but doesn't isn't that to his demise though that he gets to that level of arrogance and then that's yeah, when well. I, that, again, that's my little boy naivete uh, right. trying to shine through here, but I, I know. Uh, I'm hoping this is an exposing period and everybody, everybody gets courageous and loving and strong. And, uh, but, um, comets, comets are coming. (laughs) Well, well, watch this now. This is really important to understand. How is it that police catch criminals like Unabomber or serial killers, rapists, that kind of stuff? It's because they, need to uh, brag. If they keep their mouth shut and go about their daily business, that's not what evil does. Mm. Evil needs the adulation. Look at me. And so they'll search crime scenes, pictures of crime scenes, because you'll often see the criminal in the crime scene picture. Uh, There was that, uh, I was just, I was just, when I was in Kansas, we were right near the place where there was, 
oh, it's called like BTK or KT, some three letters. This killer had a, the, the modus operandi of his evil. And uh, they caught him because he was like, I think bragging about it. And I think that's how that all happened. People like to brag. And, and, and so what that is a reflection of is the essence of evil. So with Satan, certainly the father of lies, father of evil, he cannot help but brag. And, and so when these leaders who are his minions uh, boldly say what they're going to do, isn't it? We're going to do the great reset. Right. We're going to have the new world order because we, the elite, we know what's best for you and what's best for the world. So we're going to affect such things as population so that the world doesn't get worse, so that we heal the world because we know better we're scientists we follow the science we it's all about me myself and i and we right that that's what evil does so when you see fauci up there or some of these other people that are pure evil uh some of the people like klaus schwab or, or uh uh people that are involved in like the the cfr and uh, what what are those things doug you were talking about them a little about the names of these organizations I'm yeah, like just I mean, commission, yeah, whatever. trilateral commission, council of foreign relations. Yeah, there uh, you these go. are they're basically globalist elite groups. Yes, you, know, you mentioned so, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab was bragging that he has over half of the Canadian cabinet, political cabinet in the world that are members of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, they're World Economic Forum. Yeah, That's so see, it, yeah. they're bragging about it now. They have a better idea. And you see, here's what Canada doesn't understand. We just saw what happened up there. Those truckers in the faith. The decent people of Canada all backed the truckers until the end when finally Trudeau came back from out of hiding. Remember, he conveniently yeah. he he suddenly finds himself somewhere like at a beach. He's got, yeah. he's got COVID. I can't go back to yep. Ottawa. Yep. Then after about three weeks, look at Toronto Dominion. I think it was the bank that checked me on it that attacked their checking accounts. Mm -hmm. called them traitors to the country all because they were peaceful protests right these this these this cadre literally powerful people what's that i just said literally peaceful i remember when the streets were on oh. fire and they were yeah a peaceful protest completely peaceful yeah exactly right yeah. so so look at how they swooped down and the canadians did have have let them get away with their attack on the truckers and the peaceful protesters and they let them continuing to abuse the truckers and denying them licenses and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Instead of the people of Canada standing up in mass, walking into that office building in Ottawa, taking Justin Trudeau, who's as foul a character as on the face of this planet, and tar and feathering him and throwing him into the Atlantic. That would be better for his eternal soul. Right. Hey, they're not doing that. And so the people of Canada, you blew it. Because now Justin Trudeau has beat the one challenge to his tyranny, to his communist tyranny, he's beaten it. And you didn't support your truckers enough. And now, you know, it's first Samuel Lake. Get, get, here it comes. You are done, people of Canada, because you had your one chance and you blew it. 
Now, the title of this, Father, and, and I want you to open up and really express yourself for the rest of the show here because you, <laughs> you're kind of you, a bit reserved. Yeah. Well, look, edit is past the point of no return. There you go. That's it. And, and I mean, short answer, are we past the point of no return? Yes. That now, and when we say this, I mean, you know, and, and I, you know, we've talked about this. We, we spent a fair amount of time even preparing for this episode because we wanted to find the, try to find the right direction on this. And, yeah. and I think because we have so many people out there that are very aware of what's going on, they see everything, Ukraine, Russia, they see gas prices. We are comfortable, not all, but many people are, I think, becoming very comfortable and used to seeing empty spots on grocery store shelves as if, oh, this is just the norm now. And now we're hearing... Everything is Putin's fault, no matter what. It's all Putin's fault. Doesn't matter what you've been thinking, what's been going on for over a year before this invasion. It's still Putin's fault. And there will be people who will just nod their head and say, it must be Putin's fault. Let's use as our, our launching pad, as it were, our title. Uh, are we past the point of no return? And you know, everybody's, uh, the media is trumpeting this. The elites in the media are trumpeting all this about, oh, this is the start of a World War Three or... Uh, uh, Putin's a really bad guy and there's this look at he's doing these to the Ukrainians and and that actually in the grand scheme of the world's population and ge geography is well important to the Ukrainians nobody wants to see any people suffer what we're not getting apart from this day in day I mean you turn on the TV as my parents do turn on the news day in day out out coverage about what's going on over there in Ukraine. Nothing about our own southern border. There's, there is a much bigger picture of what's going on in this world. But our, most people are just focused so narrowly on this one small part of the world where people are suffering. But these same people, these elites, these oligarchs, these media that is focusing our attention on this tiny little thing going on in Ukraine relative, tiny, relative to the whole world, are saying absolutely nothing about the corruption and the evil in the Chinese government, about the, just the Magyars, for instance, what are the three million of them in some concentration camp or something? You just had Jason Jones on about this. Nobody's, they're not saying, they have not said boo about what's going on with those people. But three million. You can talk about displaced Ukrainians, but how about we also throw into the, the conversation the, the three million Magyars? Or how about the corruption in our own government? We want to talk about the corruption in the Russian government. Well, how about we talk about the corruption in all these other governments? Because it's all part of a much bigger picture that they now brag about. I mean, you've got the Schwabs of the world and, and these other people that are his, in his collective group of world global elitists that are, all, that are just now publicly bragging about the new world order and the great reset. And how we have to have one global economy. It's all about one world. Where you're all going to have your little mark of the beast. And this is true. Listen, if you're a Catholic or if you are a Christian. You have to know that in some fashion. There will be global something with a global mark. And if, you're, if you have ears to hear. You can look at what's going on in the world today. And quit focusing just on Ukraine. By the way, here's something you might not know. I've been there. Did you know I've been there? No. Oh. I have been there. Ukraine, uh, not right now during the war. <laughs> right. Well, that probably wouldn't surprise some bishops if I said, I just got back from there. Um, 
I know uh, what they endured when they were one of the uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. I know what Stalin did to them during World War II, where in one winter of, I think it was 32 to 33, it was before World War II, uh, he starved like 7 million of them to death over, and that's an ag agonizing way to go, by the way. Like over a period of three to four months in that cold, cold winter, he stole all their food at gunpoint. Literally, they starved to death. Then I understand the animosity that would between, between, be between those two countries. Um, the, but the, there is a much larger picture that's going on here that we are being distracted from by the media, which as we discussed, I think it hasn't been cut out. Like for instance, when they showed us what purported to be an attack on civilians by Russians in Ukraine. And as it turns out, it was filmage from four, what, 15 years ago, the Palestinians attacked in Israel. So they're, they're, they're lying about this stuff. They're making stuff up. Why? So then you have to ask yourself, why? The truth is all we need. Nope. Just tell us the truth. Show us the truth. If tanks are invading, well, we disapprove of that, right? But if we're going to be so uh, righteous about Russian tanks invading Ukraine, then we better be equally righteous about the abuses that are going on in China and around the world. Yeah, and, and I would that's add, not what I'm seeing in the media. You, you know, Father, I, I agree with that. And I would I would add to that what just recently happened in Canada. You know, bank accounts being seized by truckers who were peacefully, peacefully emphasized protesting, or the southern border and what's going on nonstop, where over two million estimated have tried to get in or gotten in. The fentanyl, crime of the fentanyl that's coming over the border, the nearly 100,000 or so that died last year in America from overdose. Okay, these are just a handful. There are other wars going on in other parts of the world that are not talked about at all anywhere. And in addition to this, we're being told that that we've got potentially another, another pandemic coming. You know, something else is being released or has been released during the Olympics from the wonderful land of uh the ccp yeah how um, convenient how convenient yeah. that that the first one came during the world military exercises ten thousand soldiers from 100 different countries or something like that that suddenly months later now we have a worldwide pandemic because one chinaman eats a bat in some market now suddenly we now we're hearing about the hemorrhagic whatever coming out hemorrhagic out of, fever yeah out of yeah. china where we just sent the world's all the athletes yeah. And then send them back home again. You, you know yeah. what I'm observing? And, and again, I, I tend to be hopeful, but uh, there's a lot more people who are suspicious of government, of, of intelligence agencies, uh, you know, of, of a lot of things. And, and they're more open to, uh, listen, Father, I think that you are being uh, uh, vindicated because what you were saying back in 2020 that, you know, was off limits and divisive or whatever they accused you of. It's all coming out that, uh, you know, that in fact, oh, I guess Father Altman was right. What he was talking about back then is so, but I believed what you believed too. And I was, I was saying a bunch of stuff and I got, you know, chastised for that too. But, um, but the point is, is that I, I, I think a lot of people right now are, are more prone to doubt so-called experts, leaders, uh, even spiritual leaders, 
they're more prone to doubt it now. They, 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 we've lost confidence. Uh, intelligence agencies, uh, military, some of the military generals. I mean, uh, I was shocked of what they were emphasizing and de-emphasizing through all this this mm. period. I mean, it was, I'm like, well, wait, what? You, you really? Uh, but we've gone through this period, and I think, and and again, here is my hopeful self. I think that very possibly in God's permissive will, this was allowed. Okay, go ahead and get arrogant. Go ahead and put yourself out in the open. Go ahead and just take stuff like like tanks into a country, you know, uh, and and everybody else just has to sit down and shut up, or else you know we'll pulverize you with nukes or whatever. That's, that's what we've gone through in the last two years. You know, we're going to do this. And if you dare say anything, you're going to be persecuted. In the case of priests, you're going to get canceled. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of people right now. And I think it's well into the majority that are just saying, um, I may have doubted it before. I may have even accused them of being conspiracy theories, theorists at the time. But I'm beginning to understand now just the evil that's going on right now. And so that's all my way of saying, I wonder if we're getting possibly instead of the end of the world or, you know, whatever, I wonder if we're getting to, to a place possibly where, and I put it this way, the, where the muskets come out, where yeah. people rise up and just say, yeah. like the truckers, we rise up and say, listen, you've been lying to us all this time. Yeah. And we're not going to sit down and shut up anymore. Right. And and we are going to um, fight back. We're going to respond. Uh, and, and obviously, you want to do that spiritually first. And that's why we've been doing this 90 Days to Peace thing, because I became convicted that uh, after this two years, and now Ukraine and everything else going on in the world, that um, with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. We got to get as tight into God as we could possibly get right now because he is calling us to get out of the foxhole and get up on the battlefield and start reclaiming surrendered ground, okay? So, again, that's my, my hopeful self. I, I hope I'm right about that, 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 that this is coming. But, you know, Ukraine's kind of a, a, a magnification of what I just said because they literally have to get up out of the foxhole and fight back to keep keep their their liberties, their freedoms, uh, their their sovereignty as a country. Uh, but I see that happening virtually in every sphere of the culture throughout the world, and uh, and in the church. Uh, but but here's the here's the part: we tend to be ADD. You know, we tend to we forget easy, and that's one of the things that evil does: is it it plays the the, um, what do they call it? The, ah, um, uh, uh, oh, shoot. It's, um, they, they weighed out people. Uh, oh, the new, let the new cycle pass. That's what I was trying to think. Mm -hmm. they, and, and it works because we just forget and we just go on. I, I, I mean, November is a long time away for this election and horrors are going on and the, and the uh, approval rating of Biden and the Democrats is way down. But you know what? Maybe in a month or so, we're all going to forget because it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. Father, what do you think we need to do right now, essentially? You know, if, if, if it's ever possible at all that we can reclaim this surrendered ground, what do we need to do right now um, 
first in, in order to sure. to become strong well, and, and, and get, yeah. re reclaim this? I can answer that. What's that? Uh, I can answer that. All right. Um, God plus one is the majority. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, the underdog, God plus right. one. God plus one. Yep. So if it be his will that Brown will be reclaimed, then he doesn't need many. With Gideon, right. he had 300 against, what, 100,000 Midianites, and he right. won. Right. And Gideon didn't lose a single man because he didn't have to do any of it. Right. God can. But he needed those 300 to do what he asked them to do, right. and then he did the rest. So he could take credit for it. That's the whole point, right? right. So now we're at the point of, say, no return. No return according to man's efforts. Right. Exactly. Any return is going to have to be through God's efforts. Now, the problem that we face, that, and we cannot be delusional about this, is that throughout salvation history, there have been times when that's it. God's had enough. And, yep. and retribution comes from the sky, and we've been warned about it. Yep. By Leo the Thirteenth, we were told exactly how it's going to happen in that in that uh, a vision of uh, Satan in his hundred years. So, and as we look about us, we can certainly say, "Yep, he got way more power, and he got his hundred years, and now he's making the most of it." In all the world crumbling on around us, especially the church crumbling around the one institution that's supposed to keep our the where we are supposed to keep our focus. That this locking the doors without firing the bullet is, I don't know if that isn't the final abomination, apart, you know, apart from the Pachamama, of course. Um, throughout salvation history, there have been moments when God has had enough and his permissive will is not that he necessarily has to have another flood or have the rain and sulfurous fire, rain and sulfurous fire down in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he can let our mis misbehavior come to its natural and probable conclusion, which is mayhem, chaos, death, suffering. He can just let us have, a, yeah, go ahead, have at it. And then when enough of you have, have just decimated things and the rest of you finally get to your knees and cry out and beg, God help me, is when he can then step in and say, okay, right? Look at the people in Nineveh. And that's a real story. Right. And, and Jonah came to warn them. And what did the, the, from the king on down, sackcloth and ashes, they repented. I don't see any of our leaders outside the church, and worse, the vast majority of leaders inside the church are not saying what Jonah said yeah. and are not doing what that king did yeah. by leading the people to repentance. And I said it in that video. You just try and get past those gates of heaven and there'll be 63 million chopped up babies now in eternal glory that will bar your door. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you, you saw the State of the Union address. You want to know about point of no return. When they stood and applauded Biden, when he said, and I will continue now in the what, 48th or 49th year, promoting the cause of murdering babies. Do, do, do we really, are we going to self-delude ourselves to the point where we don't, we don't believe, well, we have some sort of, listen, no, God's going to allow hell to come because we deserve it. And the smart thing to do is 
build, as I said, somebody, I think you said earlier, build your temple arts because that's prudence. Build your spiritual arts because your eternal salvation depends upon it. But I think God's going to allow bad things to happen. So we have to be prepared because we will not have the leadership outside the church. And nor, nor as we have seen for the last few years, do we have leadership within the church that will say, God first, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Right? That's a simple thing to say. And we better believe it, because if we don't, well, if we don't, we won't say it, and they didn't, so what does that tell you about what they believe? Our help is in the name of that, the Lord who made heaven and earth. That better be the rock and foundation of everything we do from this point forward, because hell is coming, because we are past the point of no return, right. that, we, but we've been told it. We have been told it repeatedly, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I know we, we have. We, the messages have been there from our Blessed Mother alone in just the last, you know, 100 plus years from 1917 on. She's repeatedly come, and I speak of church-approved apparitions, where she has come and she has talked about fire falling from the sky, another world war. She mentions that in Coapa, Nicaragua in 1980. Um, she tells us another cataclysmic event in Taita Perdamon in Amsterdam, Our Lady of All Nations, late 40s, early 50s, a cataclysmic event worse than World War II. I mean, she brings this out regularly. And I guess, Father, a comment I'd like to hear from you. Um, and I know we don't know the details of this because it hasn't happened yet, but yeah. the talk of Pope Francis consecrating Russia and Ukraine to the American Heart of Mary in uh, accordance to the message of Fatima, which many are saying, well, it's over 100 years now, uh, but wasn't it done before? And I know there's a lot of confusion about that. I contend that that was one piece of the puzzle where she says that Russia needs to be consecrated. But she says we all need to pray the daily rosary. And she also said you need to repent from the sin. And I still say that if we, and I hope and pray that Pope Francis, I'm not going to say anything negative about him. I don't want to get, look, people have their opinion of him. All I'm going to say is I got to wait to hear how the consecration comes out, number one. And number two, are we going to address from our church leaders and us laymen who are husbands and fathers in our families, the need for us to stop with the sinful behavior? Because that's a key part of all of this. It's the scriptural passage about if you turn from your wicked ways and call on me, I'll heal your lands. It's not yeah. just come to me and I'll heal your lands. You got to stop with the sin stuff over here. Right contraception which is almost never preached about we've got mainstream pornography we've got human trafficking we've got abortion we've got moral relativism that is running rampant in in every college catholic and non-catholic out there high schools are you know recent the the picture of, of cardinal was it is it cardinal marks with the lgbt colored flag thing on the floor of the church just recently all of this sort of stuff father altman can you address the other parts of this other than the consecration if Pope Francis does it, if he does it according to the the way Our Lady Fatima asked for it, what about every other part of this that we all are part of? Yeah, so, I, so I'm going to answer that one very briefly, one point, and then tell you what I just told the people of Ohio Right to Life uh, in Cleveland. Um, my question about this whole presentation of... We of consecrating Russia and Ukraine is if it was done properly the first time, it doesn't have to be done again. Right. It was done. So there's a lot of people out there that likes to say it was done. Uh, there's some people out there that say it was never done. Uh, I don't know. 
but certainly the Russian air has in fact spread. So regardless of whether a consecration prayer was done and what was done properly according to the terms, nevertheless, as you pointed out, the people themselves have not done their part because the first part is the consecration, which is disputed. The second part is we have to, every one of us, pray the Holy Rosary every day. And you saw in seminaries for 30 years, they kicked out seminarians who prayed the Rosary. They destroyed the Rosary devotional. Yeah. And so do I think it was done? Well, maybe, but it doesn't matter to me. What I know hasn't been done is that the people have not done their part. Mm -hmm. And so we can't rely upon some you know, incantation by uh, the Pope now and expect that, oh, that's going to make everything well again, despite the fact that the past, past 100 years we haven't done our part. You, you know what? There isn't time to make it up now. The ball's already going. The, the, the gate's open. The horse is out of the barn. The ball's rolling down the hill. Uh, yeah. So what's going to happen is going to happen. And the, yeah. So that's the first part. The second part is uh, when it – so – as you do, you, you speak about uh, the horror of abortion and all these other things. As to abortion, and you said you use contraception, all these other things that are going on, immoral in our world. Uh, I understand the temptation. Uh, we all, especially a confessor, we understand the temptation. We understand the failings. We all fall short. Um, but we never say it's okay. What you're seeing, in, like for instance, in Germany and Austria, so the bishops and cardinals over there are saying, all this other stuff is okay. What you saw from the Canadians in the Winnipeg statement after Humana Vitae was, it's okay to contraceptive. So I said to the people, and I've never heard anyone else say this or even intimated, they're they're, listen closely, there will never, ever be an end to abortion until there is a reclaiming of the virtues of purity, chastity, virginity. Yeah. which we used to value. I used the, the example of the volcano god. Who did the people, when the, when the volcano looked like the volcano god was man, right? and mm. start smoking, what, the people offered human sacrifice. Who did they sacrifice? Babies, young women, virgins, young virgins, right? Because even pagans who believed in the volcano god under, had value in purity, chastity, virginity of young women. We've lost that completely in America. And until we value that again, until that is front and center of the entire country, there will always be abortion because there will be promiscuity, self-indulgence. That's just the way it is. And that's what's happened since 1968 when even bishops and priests said it's okay to contracept. Uh, and oh, they, they, they talk a good game when it comes to abortion, but I have yet to see. Well, how many bishops do you know, with the exception of perhaps Strickland, have come out and said, you shall not commit sacrilege by giving the Holy Eucharist to a pro-abort politician? Remember Cardinal Renze said, a second grader knows the answer to that question. Until there will, but there will never be an end to abortion until we value these time on Through every culture, over time, such things as the virginity and purity of a young woman was always valued. It is not valued anymore. And we will never get into abortion. So we can have another 100 years worth of marches in Washington, D.C. You know what's going to happen at the end of 100 years? There's still going to be abortion because we have not addressed the root cause. The abortion is just a symptom of the cause. The cause is promiscuity and the devaluation of our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit.
And I, you know, and I feel on that point, Father, I feel like if, if heaven were to comment, and I do not know the mind of God, I am not trying to say that, but for the sake of we have a few hints, though, a few clues. Jesus gave us a lot of clues. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if 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 heaven were looking down at us and saying, "Okay, a consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the sake of ending the war," although you were told in 1917 that war is a result of man's sins, but if you're going to consecrate, if in fact it is valid, legitimate, and hasn't already been done, and so forth, as you mentioned, which is a great point. But you're not going to preach and evangelize the need for the purity and the self-control and the discipline and virtue and holy marriages and, and bring the rosary into the seminaries and everybody pray there. And if you're not going to do that, but you're going to do this, I just feel like we're going to kind of get this what from heaven type from of response. Yeah, that's well put. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what are you thinking? It's like as a father, if I said to my kids, okay, you're going to come to me and offer me some sort of, you know, hey, dad, I'll mow the lawn because I want to do it out of obedience because you've asked me to. But I'm still um, having parties with my friends and we're smoking pot in the basement and this and this and this. And I'm not planning on changing any of that. What? I mean, it, it's kind of a, our lady in Fatima was asking for the big picture of, of the consecration of Russia, the prayer, the fasting, and so forth. And it's funny you mentioned all that immorality part, Father, because, you know, the Bolshevik revolutions, one of the things that they started to push in Russia with the Bolshevik revolutions, 1917 on, was massive, serious sexual immorality. Yes. That was a major Destruction piece of faith of and family. That was what it was all about. Destruction yeah. of faith and family. And immorality. Yeah. So in the beginning, child care, instead of daycare, instead of mommy care. Mm -hmm. Put the woman, the only value if she goes to work, no value for being a mother. No value for being a mother and a wife. Yeah. Um, this is all Russian error. Put the little kids in government institutions as early as possible. Hmm. This is all the Russian error. We're seeing it alive and well in America. And we're, we're saying the Russians are bad guys. Hey, look in the mirror, America. You're, you yeah, are every bit as Russian as they are. We've, we've all been part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say that... Um, and I think we're getting close, but we maybe we can close with this thought. But, you know, again, we're doing this 90 Days to Peace. Started Ash Wednesday, ends on uh, just the, the right up to the day of uh, the Feast of the Visitation, May 31st. But right at that point is the Pentecost Novena. That's May 27th to June 4th or 5th. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm advocating and... Uh, I'm hoping all of our listeners can join us. Remember, those cowards were up in that upper room hiding with the door locked. And Jesus just got to a point, you know, nuts. All your obstacles you're putting in front of me, I'm coming in even though the door is locked. And, and then he breathed on them and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And through that power, they became loving and courageous. And they went out and they did what they were supposed to do. Okay. Um, we need that with our bishops. And that's what I'm really advocating. Uh, you know, listen, it's our fault of the spiritual leaders, priests and bishops, but I think particularly bishops, that we allowed this sexual revolution. We allowed abortion. We allowed contraception. I remember when I was first a priest, it, it was just understood. It, I don't think we were taught it, but it was understood that if anybody confessed uh, contraception, you just go, oh, no, no, that's up to your conscience. Uh, and then in the midst of all this, 
if anybody, the canceled priest, dare does speak out and, and give the people the truth, not allow these new normals to form where abortion's just fine, you can be the president of the United States and tout your devout Catholicism and go and receive communion in front of God and everybody when you're uh, the, the, the biggest promoter of the abortion on the planet because you're the president of the United States of America, okay, and you're advocating for killing babies. Um, while our bishops are in the proverbial upper room with the doors locked, we need Christ to break through on this Pentecost, 2022, even though the doors are locked, and breathe on those bishops and give them a power so that they do what they're supposed to do. Father, you said it and you said it right. He says, Not, we're, nothing's going to change. We are, we are at the point of no return unless the sex, the, 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 the uh, impurity, what is it? Wasn't our lady of feminists and more souls will go to hell because of sins yeah, of impurity? Exactly what you know? she said. Right. Sins and, of the and, flesh more than any other sin. Yeah. Yeah. Sins of the flesh. And, and that's set up what we're in. And, and Father, you're pinpointing it just that, that, that abortion will never end and contraception right. or any of this unless we get at that sin, the sins of the flesh, impurity. And, and, and we need the bishops to be very clear about that mm -hmm. and to stop canceling priests that are very clear about that. Okay. So, so go ahead, Father. You're going to say? Yeah. So I don't want to be, what's that joke called? A Debbie Downer? <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> Even though the I, doors were locked, Father, is where I was going yeah, with that. I, but go I, ahead. I'm going to address that very issue. Okay. Um, the apostles were cowards until they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. And what you just said suggested that the reason the bishops aren't doing what they're supposed to do is because they're cowards. But what I would say is that the reason that many of them do not do what they're supposed to do is because unlike the apostles, they don't believe. They don't believe it's sin or grave sin. You and you have Bishop Barron saying, dare we hope that uh, few people are in hell. It's a lonely place. When you have a priest telling me in seminary, well, the older I get, the more I don't believe that there is a hell and anybody goes there. Uh, bitch, you have to listen. If you watch and, and you can doubt it all you want, if, if I believe that that sin is going to put your soul in such a bad state of not grace that you're going to burn in hell for eternity and I love you, you can darn bet I'm going to tell you. Yeah. If I believe that, right. what I'm telling you is they don't believe. Mm. So all the courage in the world isn't going to change the fact that they don't actually believe. Because if you believe you're going to say something, you cannot not say something. You'd be like Jeremiah saying, the fire burns within me and I have to get it out. You're going to say something. They don't believe or they would say something. They don't believe that's the Holy Eucharist that you cannot commit sacrilege against, or they would absolutely 100% in Baltimore speak up and say, you shall not, which is what, by the way, Ratzinger wrote in the 2004 letter that right. they hid, you shall not give communion to somebody who promotes the absolute slaughter of babies. Right. So they don't believe. So I don't believe yeah. that whether the door is locked or not, that it's going to make any difference mm -hmm. because they don't believe. So, so we may, we may disagree on that, Father, Holy Father, and, and I <laughs> you all the time, but 
Uh, I yeah, would like to it's, think it America seems like Mount happen. Everest, doesn't it? it to, to get from one point to another. Well, yeah. Well, but here, like it was in Mexico when there were martyrs. Right. What did the bishops do over the last two years? They went and hid. Right. They locked yeah. church doors for two years. The apostles had forty days, well, fifty days, right? And and every bishop is supposed to already have that grace of the Holy Spirit yeah. and the consecration of ordination. That is supposed to make you courageous. If that if it hasn't happened already, no amount of additional Holy Spirit is going to help right. that problem. Mm. Uh, they they just don't believe because you know why? Because it's as we started this whole thing. It's all love. It's love. Yep. If you loved them, bishops, you would never yep. have locked the door. If you loved them, you would preach. You know what was that? Uh, Dolan was on national TV and he says, oh, I haven't preached the homily on abortion in 40 years. <laughs> Listen, if you thought that that might endanger the eternal souls of the, per the mother, the father, the people who contributed to it, I, you would you'd be saying something out of love. Right. They don't love. And you know what? The people are finally realizing it, which is why they've left the Catholic Church never to come back again, which is why they're saying not one more penny bishop. Right. It's why they're listening to us and not to them. Yeah. They listen to Strickland because he's, mm. he loves. And you can see it in every word that comes out of his mouth. I know it. The depth of I heart so that comes out of him is nothing but love. Yep. And he, he had to be courageous he because the love inspired cares. him because yeah. he's persecuted by the other vipers. Yep. I think that's a great way for us to end how we started. <laughs> love right yeah. oh, i mean and, and father yeah. thank you so much i i i'm not just saying this because you're in front of me and you know you're my friend but i i've i don't think i've met many that are as loving as as you in my lifetime and 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 it is your it's your passion to keep us safe it's your passion to give us peace you know and, and tranquility of living in the truth living in god's arms and away from the devil and uh, I know I speak on behalf of everybody that's watching and Doug, uh, obviously, um, that thank you so much for loving us. Okay, let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful amen. and kindle in them the amen. fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Thank you, Father. Thanks for being that, with us. Oh, thank awesome. you, guys. It's good to see you again.